Um, I thought we would try, uh, first of all, we have new wireless mics. Very exciting, which allows me to do this. Um, so I made, I, I, I underestimated. I didn't have enough faith in how many people would come the Shabbat between um, another, another holiday and New Year's, between Christmas and New Year's. But I'm so excited you're all here, but it means I don't have quite enough copies. So in the Shabbat spirit, take one per, I don't know, two to three people to share. We're studying a text and it's Midrash from this week's Torah portion, which is Vayichi. It's the last section of Genesis. We're about to close, close out the book of Genesis. It's the last part of the Joseph story. His father, Jacob, dies, and his 12 sons, like the 12 tribes of Israel, carry his body back um, to their homeland to bury him. And this text that you see, it's right Genesis chapter 50. If you don't get one, I'm going to read all this aloud. So if you're an auditory learner, you're in luck. So when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrong that we did him? Oh, you can imagine, right, that they, they think, well, now that our father is dead and no longer protecting us. So they sent this message to Joseph, quote, before his death, your father left this instruction. So shall you say to Joseph, forgive, I urge you, the offense and guilt of your brothers who treated you so harshly. Therefore, please forgive the offense of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph was in tears as they spoke to him. So, so what do you, if you're comfortable, just call it, what do you notice about this text from Genesis 50 of how the brothers communicate, the 11 brothers communicate with Joseph, one of their younger brothers that only, you know, decades before they put in a pit and slowed, uh, sold into slavery. Any brave, any brave thoughts? Jim, I knew you're always the brave one. Nice, they used other people's words. They didn't say, forgive us, we are sorry. They said, you know, right before he died, you weren't in the room, but Jacob said, make sure to tell Joseph to be really nice to us and to forgive us and not to take revenge, right? And they don't say our father. It is our father, right? They're brothers. He says, your father, right? We are the servants of the God of your father, so it's interesting, kind of, they, they, they say it as much that this is your father who said these things. We know he was your father, but it also can have a little bit more of a sinister edge. What was one of the things that bothered the brothers most that made them put Joseph in the pit to begin with? Right, exactly, that Jacob really favored Joseph, that Joseph was his favorite, and they really felt that it was unfair Right? How he treated, how he treated him. He gave him the coat of many colors and really ignored the other brothers and they were jealous. Right? So here it's it could be your father. We know he was your father too, but it could also be he was your father, right? More than he was our father. So look at the Midrash from Tanhuma, which is the second part of the text. This is the Midrash. This is the commentary. This is like a sixth, seventh century CE text. So it quotes the Parsha, and when Joseph's brethren saw their father was dead, 
What did they see that frightened them? The text wants to know. As they were returning from the burial of their father, they saw their brother go to the pit into which they had hurled him in order to bless it. He blessed the pit with the benediction, blessed be the place where he performed a miracle for me. Just as any man is required to pronounce a blessing at the place where a miracle had been performed on his behalf. When they beheld this, they cried out, now that our father is dead, Joseph will hate us and will fully requite us with all the evil which we did unto him. And so they sent a message unto Joseph saying, just like our Torah text says, thy father did command, so shall ye say unto Joseph, forgive. We have searched this entire scripture and are unable to find any place where Jacob uttered this remark. But this statement is introduced to teach us the importance of peace. The Holy One, blessed be he, wrote these words in the Torah for the sake of peace alone. So I want you to notice two things about, two things about this Midrash. Right? The first is that Joseph goes back to the same pit that he was thrown into as a young man. But instead of cursing the place where his brothers tortured him, where his brothers sold him into slavery, what does he do? He blesses the pit. He thanks God for the miracle that God performed for him. It's really a powerful image of resilience, of evolution, of hope, that you go back to your darkest, deepest place, the place where you were the most scared in your life, and you say a prayer of gratitude. For had you not been there, you would not have reached the great heights that you enjoy here. So while Joseph was at his darkest moment, he can later say that it was at the moment of greatest transformation for him. He actually blesses what his brothers did to him. The second thing to notice is that the Midrash basically admits that the brothers were lying, right? The rabbis look throughout Torah, but they cannot find any evidence that Jacob actually ever said those words that they quote. They say it in a kind of a nice way. You know, we've looked and we've looked, but we don't find any evidence that Jacob ever said, say this to Joseph. But the Midrash says that it's justified. It's kind of an okay fib because of peace. That the value of shalom bayit, of peace within the home, of peace amongst the brothers, is more important than truth in this case. Jacob used trickery and false words to cause strife between him and his brother Esau. He lied to his father, Isaac, to get the blessing instead of his older twin. But here, his children ultimately use false words to make sure that the story ends with reconciliation at the end. That they get along because whether Joseph knew that they were lying or not is not important. The text ends by saying that he cried. Right? That he was so touched that in their own way, they weren't the you know, most in-touch, self-aware brothers. In their own way, this was their way of saying we're sorry. And we hope you can forgive us. And our father, you know, he may have favored you, but he's gone. And we're all that we have left. And we need to love each other and be there for each other. And we're different now. And you're different. And in some ways, you rose even higher because of the harm that we did to you. These times can feel like very dark times. Physically, in the winter, you may feel darker. In our political climate, it can feel dark. And perhaps around your family during the holiday season, there are its own moments of darkness. I also look around the room and see people who have had loss over the last two to three weeks. 
I've seen people who have also had a lot of sickness and a lot of illness, a lot of hospital visits, and those can feel like very dark moments as well. And we may feel that we are in a pit or that we may be fortunate enough to have just come out of the depths to new heights, to new light in our life. But this parsha, the story of Vayahi and the Midrashim, the commentary that our rabbis write around it, these last chapters of Genesis, they remind us to go back to our past moments of darkness and to be grateful that we were able to find light, to find peace, to find reconciliation, and to find moments of admitting when we were wrong, asking for forgiveness, and finding a way to be at shalom, to be at peace with the ones that we love and with both our extended family and our community. So happy secular new year. I hope it is one of many lights and less darkness. Shabbat shalom.